And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, it's Thursday. Welcome to the Big Football Show, the Athletics' new podcast devoted to Big Ten football. I am Austin Meek. I cover Michigan for the Athletic. I am joined by Colton Pouncey, who covers Michigan State. I am broadcasting from the heart of the student zone in Ann Arbor. Uh, I live about uh, five blocks from Michigan Stadium, surrounded by students who are technically under a stay-at-home order right now. Whether they actually are staying at home uh, is another topic. Colton, uh, what's it been like in East Lansing? Uh, are, are the students still having a good time or uh, have you noticed uh, things being a little more subdued this year? Probably a little bit more subdued. I think, you know, around this time of the year, it's a little bit more because it's getting colder outside and, you know, you're not seeing the people kind of out in the streets like they were maybe over the summer. Um, but honestly, like around this time of the year, you be in the heart of football season, right? And it just feels weird because we're just now starting up. Um, but we're getting close. We're a couple, we're a couple days away. You can sort of kind of feel it coming back. But, um, yeah, it's almost here. It definitely does feel weird. Uh, so the Michigan-Michigan State game in week two on Halloween. Uh, last year was my first Michigan-Michigan State game. I think it was like two degrees outside and people were like everywhere in Ann Arbor. Like yeah. every house in the student zone, there was a house party going on. Uh, clearly uh, the uh, the local health department is trying to get a handle on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the story that came out yesterday uh, was the stay at home order for the Michigan students, which will not uh, will not affect Michigan football games. So uh, that's, that's the good news, I guess, is that Michigan's game uh, against Minnesota is still on for Saturday. Uh, Michigan State gets Rutgers in week one. Um, so we want to, on this podcast, we want to make sure we get all around the Big Ten. It's not just a, a Michigan-Michigan State show, but you know, since we're on the topic, Colton, I know you talked with Mel Tucker this week. Uh, what's just the general vibe with Michigan State uh, heading into week one? Yeah, you know, uh, he's doing his part to kind of keep things tight, tight sealed over there. Um, I think they're kind of using every advantage they have. Obviously, this is a team that didn't have spring football. Um, you know, nobody did really. Uh, their fall camp was kind of cut short, so they really just had the last few weeks to kind of get things going and evaluate the guys that they have. And the good thing for them is that no one really knows what they're going to do except for them. Um, us reporters would kind of like some more information, but I, I certainly understand why they want to go the conservative route. They didn't release a depth chart Tuesday, which is something that they've usually done. Um, they have yet to name a quarterback. So, you know, they're kind of doing some things differently. You know, Mel, Mel Tucker's a Nick Saban guy, so it might make sense that he's being a little bit more tight-sealed at this point. Um, but, you know, they're, they're preparing for Rutgers. They've been practicing for the last, you know, 10 days or so. Uh, kind of get into their game week flow. So I think they're excited to get back to play football. You know, all these kids have been working hard to, to kind of put forth the season. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I guess, you know, it's, it's year one, so anything can happen. But, um, you know, they're kind of preparing behind closed doors right now. 
saving all their surprises for Michigan in week two. Absolutely, I imagine. So that yeah, that'll be a that'll be an interesting uh, an interesting week two matchup for sure. Uh, assuming that we get there, you know, that's the whole thing with this is like we've been building up for so long now uh, to to this opening weekend uh, of of Big Ten football, uh, but it's just, you know, it still feels so precarious, you know, looking mm-hmm. around the league, um, you know, I, it sounds like Minnesota, you know, has, has dealt with some, some COVID cases as has everybody pretty much. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to people yesterday and there's just this sense that, um, you know, until we get to game day, you know, until the, the players get on the field, um, you can't really be a hundred percent sure about anything. You know, there's so much that we've been talking about and, and building up to at, at Michigan. It's like, you know, let, we're finally going to see Joe Milton at quarterback. Um, but it, it's just all of this stuff feels, feels kind of precarious. It's just, you know, it, it's a weird feeling. I, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's just typically there's so much certainty, you know, in, in college sports, like you have the schedule, you know, exactly what's going to happen and when, and it's just, you know, Colton, I don't know about you, but it's just a weird feeling to be, what now two days away from the kickoff of the big 10 season and still thinking like, is this, is this really going to happen? Yeah. You got, you kind of got to pinch yourself at times, you know? Um, I think part of that, you know, even coaches are talking about it. You know, one of the things Mel Tucker mentioned was this is a unique year. It's going to be a unique season all around. You know, it's just a reality. Guys are going to get COVID and they're going to have to sit out some games. And the thing with the big 10 is if a player tests positive, they have to sit for three weeks. So right now, the mission for coaches behind the scenes and in practice is to get as many guys ready to play as possible because you're going to need every single body. And the good news is, you know, these guys get an extra year of eligibility so you can play some some young guys, some freshmen that probably normally wouldn't see the field. They might redshirt. You can work some of those guys into your two deep, into the rotation, get them some valuable experience because they're going to need it and they're going to need every single guy on the roster. And I think that's kind of the challenge behind the scenes, but we're moving forward. So I guess we'll see what happens. And I'm really curious to see how the Big Ten protocols work out with the positivity thresholds, which is a little bit different than what some other leagues have done. Uh, so uh, the, the Big Ten has basically this color-coded uh, progression. And if teams have more than 2% positivity rate with their players, uh, then that puts them in the threshold where now they're considering uh, the viability of whether they can play games. They're supposed to make changes to their, their practice schedules and enhance their safeguards. And then if that positivity rate gets up above 5%, teams are supposed to do a mandatory seven-day shutdown. So it doesn't take very many, doesn't take very many COVID cases at all right. uh, to be in a position where a, a Big Ten game is, is getting canceled. You know, you think about 5%, um, you know, that's five guys out of 100 players. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't take much. And there's no leeway to reschedule these games because the Big Ten is trying to play nine games in nine weeks. Um, so I, I don't know, Colton, what do you think? Like, what are the chances that, that we get through this season, you know, without some games, you know, being, being canceled without schedules being significantly changed? I mean, you just, it feels like we have to prepare for things to be very fluid week to week. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I I think it's going to happen. I think it's really hard to avoid. Um, you know, something Michigan State Athletic Director Bill Beekman said a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I don't don't really know time's a construct. (laughs) No sense of time. (laughs) No sense of time. What is time? Um, but yeah, you know, he mentioned that, Hey, this is, this is inevitable guys. You know, we don't have a lot of schedule flexibility to make up these games. You've already seen, you know, look around the rest of college football. You've already seen a ton of games get canceled or postponed or whatever. Um, the big 10 has stricter protocols and less flexibility. So (laughs) when you look at that, those two things combined, I think it's kind of 
like like Beekman said, kind of inevitable that this is going to happen. Some games are going to be shut down. You won't be able to make that up. You know, the win-loss record, it's going to look weird. You're going to have some teams play maybe six games, seven games, eight games, nine games. You know, it's going to look different. It's not going to be your standard season. It's not going to be uniformed in any way, really. Um, so I think that's some, something you just have to live with. You know, you wanted to play a Big Ten season. You got one. You got to live with the consequences. You got to live with what happens and, and roll with the punches. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So this week at The Athletic, we published our Big Ten preseason conference preview. All of the, the writers on staff contributed to that and, and made our picks. Uh, so no huge shock here. Uh, Ohio State, I believe, got all 15 votes no uh, to, to win the conference. So Michigan fans, Michigan State fans, <laughs> if you want to direct your hate mail to us, uh, yes, we, uh, we, we picked the Buckeyes. I don't think there's any other uh, any other rational choice you could make there. Uh, so the you know the really interesting stuff is is when you go down the list a little bit. Uh, so Colton, both of us submitted uh, our our top to bottom picks on both the divisions. Uh, let's start in the East. Uh, so with Ohio State number one, uh, how did you have the rest of the Big Ten East shaken out? I actually had exactly as it's listed um, in the article. So that would be. Ohio State 1, Penn State 2, Michigan 3, Indiana 4, MSU 5, Maryland 6, and Rutgers 7. Yeah, and I had exactly the same thing. Uh, you know, I was really, I was I was debating a couple things, and we'll get to this later. You know, we had to pick a breakout team. Uh, I really like Indiana. I think Indiana yep. could be a breakout team this year. I love Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback. He was actually my, my breakout player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was like, well... I don't know if I can pick Indiana as my breakout team and then pick them fourth, uh, which I did. Um, I had Michigan third, Penn State second, but I really think you know those those three teams. I could see them in any order. I could you know Mich- I could see Michigan finishing second. I could see Michigan finishing fourth. Uh, Penn State potentially without Journey Brown now. They already lost Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. so I'm not totally convinced. Uh, that Penn State is clearly the second best team in the East, but but I don't know. It feels like that middle of the East could really play out a bunch of different ways. Yeah, you know, obviously it's kind of Ohio State and then everyone else, but when you're talking about that second tier of Big Ten teams, I think, you know, looking at the East division specifically, you can make a case for Penn State, for Michigan, and Indiana team on the rise. Um, I'm kind of with you. I picked, I think Indiana could be a breakout team. I didn't pick them, but I was kind of going back and forth there. Uh, but it would be difficult to do that and, and still have them fourth in the in the East Division. So um, the other thing for me, I think Michigan State, the team I cover, I can't get a full read on them. You know, I know they're going yeah. through a rebuild. 
Um, I know that Mel Tucker's in. It's going to take some time to get the guys that he wants. It's, I go back and forth. I'm like, okay, they beat Indiana last year. Um, there's still some talent left over. I don't think it's completely dry with, with talent exactly. Um, I think this Michigan State team can surprise some people. So I almost picked them over over Indiana because I think they can win that game head-to-head in East Lansing. But I don't know. It's hard to get a read on the second tier, that middle group of the Big Ten. Um, a lot of teams can kind of make a few jumps up or fall back a little bit. It's, it's kind of difficult at this point in time. But I do think Indiana with Michael Penix, you know, I saw him in that Michigan State game last year. I think at one point he completed 20, 21 passes in a row, um, just carving up the defense, throwing sideline to sideline, you know, quick routes. Like that's their offense. And they kind of stick to that. And he's a perfect guy to lead that team. So he was my breakout player as well. But uh, looking at the Big Ten East, it's a lot of teams in the middle, but everyone's trailing Ohio State at this point. Yeah, I went back and forth. Uh, I almost picked Maryland ahead of Michigan State, you know, just because partly because of the new coach factor. You know, Mike Loxley's now had a year to get his program in place at Maryland, whereas Mel Tucker hasn't. Right. You know, Maryland's got Tua's little brother in there playing quarterback. You know, Mike, Lox- Mike Loxley's done a, a, you know, an okay job on the recruiting trail. Um, but I think, you know, the overall talent level on Michigan State's roster, I, I you know, I think Mark D'Antonio still left enough there uh, that, I, that I think Michigan State's still ahead of those two teams at the bottom. But I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So let's look at the West. Uh, you know, the West to me is you know, a lot more wide open. Uh, Wisconsin was, was the favorite. They got nine votes uh, to win the league. I actually, uh, I had Minnesota winning it uh, just because... Minnesota's got more coming back on their offense, uh, but really Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, they all got votes to win the West. Well, what did you have? Uh, what was your order in the Big Ten West? Um, I had Wisconsin at the top. Um, that, that was a difficult decision because I do like Minnesota a lot. I think um, they have some talented playmakers coming back off an 11-1 team. Um, so that was kind of a, a struggle for me, but I ended up going with Wisconsin just because we know what we're going to get from Wisconsin every year. They're going to run the ball. It doesn't matter who's back there. Um, you know, they're going to play solid defense and they know their identity. So they've kind of owned that division for years. I know Minnesota and some other schools kind of make a run at them every couple years, but Wisconsin's still the, still the top dog until uh, proven otherwise, in my opinion. So I went with them, Minnesota second, um, Iowa third, although Iowa lost some guys and, you know, they had a bit of a difficult offseason over there. Yeah. Um, and then Nebraska fourth, Purdue fifth. Um, I, I actually like this Purdue team a lot. And, you know, they've just been hurt by injuries. I was really looking forward to see them taking the leap with some guys. But, um, you know, they're getting Rondell Moore back. Uh, you know, it's good to see him out back in. I think that's really cool. Uh, David Bell is a, an electric receiver. Um, they've got some guys over there on defense as well. So uh, I think maybe some of their staff changes can help them on that side of the ball. So I, I picked them fifth. Um, and then I finished with Northwestern Illinois. So kind of just exactly how the article has. I know I'm going, at, going out on a limb here, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I went with that exact order. Yeah. So I had Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa third. And I, you know, I was in the same boat with Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had a tumultuous off season, you know, even everybody did in some ways, but Iowa yeah. was, was, was even more tumultuous. They, they lost, uh, they lost quite a bit. You know, they lost Tristan Wirfs on their offensive line. They lost Nate Stanley at quarterback. Uh, but you know, our, our colleague Scott Docterman had a good piece this week about how any any time with Iowa, it seems like you want to say maybe Kirk Ferentz is, you know, starting to lose his touch a little bit. Mm-hmm. It seems like Iowa comes back and has a good season, that's so that's great, why that's, it's hard to count point. them out. Yeah, uh, I had Purdue fourth, Nebraska fifth, Illinois sixth, 
and Northwestern is seventh. Uh, you know, Northwestern is an interesting team. Obviously, their offense was abysmal last sure. year. They have a new quarterback. They have a new coordinator. Uh, you know, I may have I may have undersold Northwestern a little bit to have them at the bottom. Uh, but yeah, that you know, you know, it's sort of similar to the East. You know, once you get past the top, there's just a bunch of teams that you know. You could see any one of them being kind of a surprise team. You could see any one of them really falling back. Um, I had Purdue as as my breakout team uh, in, in the league for a lot of the reasons that that you brought up. You know, they get Rondale Moore back. David Bell's a really good uh, receiver. You know, so, some promising players on that defense. You know, and and Jeff Brom has been there now long enough that. Um, you feel like that's a program if, if they can stay healthy, if they can just stay healthy, uh, they could, you know, they could be a team that I think could really, uh, make a big jump this year. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's a team I'm looking at for sure. And, you know, looking at the, the bottom of this division, I, I think you're right. You can make a case for any one of these teams to kind of jump up. I'm not even completely sold on Nebraska just yet. Um, so really four through seven there, um, you know, Illinois, you know, they went to a bowl game last year. I saw them knock off Michigan state coming back big. Like they, I think they're down three touchdowns, something like that. And they made a comeback. So um, I think we might be underrating Illinois just a little bit, but even Northwestern, you know, they're getting Peyton Ramsey, who's a guy I've always liked. I think Michigan state should have taken a run at him this off season as a grad transfer. Um, he's a super accurate guy. You know what you're going to get from him at quarterback. That was probably Northwestern's biggest problem. I know their offense was, was terrible, but they just didn't have a quarterback. Um, so I think you have some stability there. The defense is solid. They're bringing a lot of guys back. So I think Northwestern is the team that could surprise some people. But I'm with you. I, I did pick Purdue as my breakout team um, just because I think that, you know, they're going to be electric on offense. Um, they have a coach that's been around there. They have some up-and-coming guys on defense. So if you're going to pick a team in the West, I think it's Purdue to kind of make a run and surprise some people. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. I think Nebraska is a really interesting team, maybe one of the most interesting teams in the Big Ten this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Nebraska was the team, you know, along with Ohio State, that was the most outspoken about wanting to play. And the way that Nebraska you know, expressed that, I think it, it rubs some people the wrong way in the league. Uh, yeah. you know, Scott Frost was kind of the first coach who really came out strongly and you know said some things that were pretty critical of the league. And they're still kind of, you know, Nebraska, you know, they, they've been in the league now for a while, but they're still maybe not, you know, viewed exactly the same way as, as the Blue Bloods of, of the Big Ten, the Michigans and the, the Ohio States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way when, when Scott Frost was so critical uh, of, of the Big Ten, even though a lot of other voices in the league ended up basically saying the same things. You know, Scott Frost was certainly not the only coach who was out there, uh, you know, imploring the Big Ten to reinstate its season. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a sense of, okay, you guys wanted this. Good luck, right? <laughs> when yeah. you look at Nebraska's schedule, I mean, that you know, they open it uh, against Ohio State. Their first month of the season is just brutal. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they could be buried in the standings early on. Um, but there's kind of a sense 
I don't know if you feel this too, Colton, but there's a sense that it you know it's time now to see it with Scott Frost because he's been there long enough um, that you know you would expect Nebraska if you know if he's going to get him to that level where you know they're competitive uh, in that division. They've got a, a quarterback in Adrian Martinez who you know has, has been a starter, has played a lot of football for him. Scott Frost has the you know the reputation as being a, a quarterback guy. You know he coached Marcus. Mariota at, at Oregon, um, so it seems like if it's gonna if it's gonna click for Scott Frost at Nebraska, it seems like it, it needs to happen pretty soon, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're at now or never point with, with Scott Frost yet at Nebraska, but it's kind of right. like okay, let's get it going here, you guys. It's mm-hmm. been a few years, you've gotten some guys, your talent in here, so let's put it all together and see what you can do. And I'm with you. You know, this was a school that was really pushing for a season, and the Big Ten did them no favors with that schedule. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you want to play football, let's play football. Let's see what you can do. You can't go four and eight, five and seven anymore. It's time to make a leap. Um, you know, you look at how quickly PJ Fleck kind of turned around Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got them rolling now. So it's, it's time to see the same with Scott Frost. I want to see that. Um, we'll see if he can do it or not. He's got a good chance to, to kind of surprise some people this year with that schedule. But if they can't do it, it's, it's just going to remain status quo. Yeah. So for our offensive player of the year, again, pretty easy choice. I think everybody was on Justin Fields. So let's talk about defense. Uh, Colton, who was your defensive player of the year? So I went with uh, George Karloftis at Purdue. Mm, And, you know, the reason for that, he's a he's a former top 60 prospect, you know, played as a true freshman last year, put up some really impressive stats. Um, The defense overall wasn't that great. I think they finished, you know, 86 in scoring defense last year, somewhere in that, that range. But, you know, he's a guy that I look at as you know, you're talking about some of the talent that that's no longer in the Big Ten. You know, the Chase Youngs, AJ Espinessa, es- Um, You know, you look at these those guys that have left. I think there's a gap in terms of who's going to take that leap, who's going to be the defensive player in the Big Ten. And looking at his talent, you know, looking at the defensive staff changes that Purdue made in the offseason, I think he'll be able to kind of cement himself in that conversation at least. You know, we'll see how good the team defense is around him. That sort of plays into an award like this, but. I think in, on pure talent alone, George Karloftis is a name to watch for sure. And I think uh, he can be one of the best players in the Big Ten. Yeah, I really like Karloftis. That was one of the reasons I, I picked Purdue on, as the breakout team. I went with Sean Wade uh, for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, it's definitely kind of a trade-off because typically, you know, the best teams end up taking home a lot of those awards. You know, if, if you're the best defensive player on the best team, you got a really good shot to win uh, win that award. On the other hand, you know, defensive linemen, have a chance to maybe put up bigger stats than defensive backs. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that one's definitely a lot more wide open than the offensive race. Uh, so last category here, uh, freshman to watch. Uh, I went with Graham Mertz at Wisconsin. Uh, I will not uh, confirm nor deny that I am uh, uh, sticking with my uh, my Kansas guy, Blue Valley North, got to represent. I'm a <laughs> yeah. Kansan, so uh, may, that may have influenced me a bit. Uh, but I do think, you know, Mertz, uh, you know, the highest rated quarterback like ever, right, at Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, played behind Jack Cohn last year. Jack Cohn's hurt. Uh, now Mertz is going to get his opportunity. Uh, feels feels like it could be a breakout year for him. Who was your freshman to watch in the Big Ten? So I almost went with Mertz just because, you know, I remember his recruitment and that was such a big get for Wisconsin at the time. You know, they've had some some pretty average quarterback, you know, some signal caller guy, someone just hand the ball off to one of their dynamic running backs. But you get a quarterback there, I, you, you know, that team is just going to get rolling again. So if Graham Mertz is a player that they think they is, that they think he is, 
um, he's going to be a good player. Um, I went with Rakeem Jarrett at Maryland. Uh, you know, he's a five-star guy. I believe he was committed to LSU at one point um, and stayed home to commit to Mike Loxley's program in Maryland. That was a huge get. You know, he's he's an extreme talent. Um, he's a quick guy. Uh, they need they need to keep acquiring talent at this point to compete in the Big Ten. Um, I think he has a chance to be a playmaker from day one. Uh, with with Tua's little brother over there leading the offense now, I, I think he's going to get the ball a lot. I think he's going to be an explosive player, and that's exactly the kind of talent that Maryland needs to kind of get going in the Big Ten a little bit. All right, folks. Well, we're a couple days away now from the opening weekend of Big Ten football. It's been a long, long road to long get time. here. Uh, but it's finally here. We hope. So thanks for coming along for the ride. Thanks for checking out the Big Football Show, our new podcast. We're going to be doing this five days a week with a rotating cast of hosts. I believe tomorrow it'll be our colleague Ari Wasserman with Jesse Temple, who covers Wisconsin, doing some some picks. So be sure to tune into that. Get your picks in for the weekend. And uh, we'll be back every week of the season. So thanks for checking out the new show, and we'll talk to you again soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.